Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms Podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Hey, local business hackers. I'm your host, Director of Global Business Development for Referizer, joined today by Ray Gillenwater, co-founder of Starting Strength Gyms. Ray, welcome to Local Business Hacks. Thank you. I happen to do know a little bit about your background and what got you to this point in your career, but I'd love for you to share with our audience, you know, this journey all over the globe that has brought you, you know, to create what is Starting Strength Gyms. Sure, sure, yeah. I was running the Australia New Zealand business for BlackBerry back when they were a relevant company. This was in uh, 2012. <laughs> and I had spent all my time um, becoming as good of a businessman as I could be. So I started in, in the telecom industry about eight, year, eight years prior to that as a customer service agent making, you know, 12 bucks an hour. And then uh, eight years later, I'm running a continent for a Fortune 100 company um, at 26. So that was pretty cool. And um, <laughs> yeah, the problem is though, is that's not exactly a healthy lifestyle. You know, um, if, you, if you want to excel to that degree, you have to be completely obsessed. You know, Elon Musk isn't Elon Musk because uh, he takes vacation every three weeks, right? So um, the process of completely dedicating my existence, all of my waking hours to my job meant that I was uh, neglecting my physical existence. And I didn't realize the, the true ramifications of that at the time. But when I left BlackBerry, I was 27 when I left and I decided then that uh, I needed to get my health in order because I'd had health issues in the past. I've suffered from Crohn's disease and that was part of the reason why I was so emaciated. You know, I was six foot two, 168 pounds. My wrist was about the size of my bicep. So I do what, uh, what anyone would do in that situation and I started looking around on the internet. It's like, I need, to, I need to build some strength. And I've always admired big guys. I've always admired muscular guys. Um, I just never thought I could be one of them because I figured that was something you were born with. I didn't realize it was something you could build. So then I came across this book called Starting Strength written by this uh, living legend named Mark Ripito out of Texas. And um, it's essentially a textbook. And the arguments are extremely compelling. And Ripito breaks down the physics, the anatomy, uh, the mechanics, everything of uh, related to human movement and building strength. And he mentioned some of the results that you can get as a young man with this program. And I'm a pretty skeptical person, but this is something that I could try for myself to see if it works. So I essentially taught myself to become a coach and coached myself and coached my brother. And it was very difficult. It took dozens of hours just to get a baseline before I could even go into the gym. And I started putting on lean body mass quickly. And I wasn't even doing it correctly. My form was a mess. My programming was okay. I wasn't eating properly. And uh, all of a sudden, women started noticing me more. Uh, I was standing up straighter. Uh, my chest started to fill out. 
I just felt, I felt good. I felt awesome, you know? Um, so now I'm sitting at about 240, 245, and uh, I'm not, I'm not fat. I'm, I'm relatively lean and I'm capable. You know, I was, uh, I was an amateur fighter for a bit, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. I really enjoyed my physical existence and I was neglecting that for, for my career, which, which I believe was a mistake. And I'm glad I did that early on. But the thing that occurred to me is that there is a way to drastically change your body. You can become big and strong. You can become muscular. You can become more capable. Not only is it possible, but it's simple. And it's a standard program. And it works for everybody. We have a 72-year-old guy at our Dallas gym that deadlifts 435 pounds. We do this all the time. Um, so being strong means you're more capable, you manage your glucose better, your bones are denser, you have better balance, you have more power. Um, strength is the fundamental physical attribute that positively affects all others. And so I'm thinking to myself, all right, Ripito's got this book called Starting Strength. Millions of people all over the world have done the program to uh, high degrees of success. Why is it that in order to do the program, you base, it's, it's like using, a, using the internet in the 1990s. That's not accessible to your grandma, right? But Steve Jobs made it accessible to your grandma because she can pull up her iPad and she can use the internet. How do you make starting strength more accessible to more people, including your grandma, by the way, Carl, because your grandma needs this the most. Postmenopausal women suffer from bone density to loss, muscle mass loss. What happens when you lose all your muscle? You lose your balance. What happens when you lose your balance? You fall down. What happens when you fall down and you have, you have weak bones? You break a hip. What happens if you're 80 and you break a hip? You probably die. So this is no joke. And I see this every day. I, I moonlight as an EMT once a month just to gain some skills. And um, basically, I see people that are, that are too weak. I had to pick a 300-pound guy up off the toilet the other day. He couldn't get up off the toilet, and we had to rush him to the ER. Um, if I wasn't there to pick his ass up, we would have had to wait for fire. Would we have been too late? I don't know. Strength is no joke. It's important. Um, so the answer to the question of how do we make strength training more accessible to more people is to do what I've been doing my whole career. You know, I opened up 5,400 retail stores in Indonesia um, in terms of uh, uh, making BlackBerry available to people in the country. And um, retail has been my game since I was 15 years old. You know, I was a retail, my first retail management job was at 15. I've been working since I was 10. Um, so 20 plus years of retail experience and uh, a lot of experience with premium brands. And so we, we had a bunch of hypotheses that we wanted to prove out. And, um, you know, one of them was if we made strength training available to the general public, it would be the absolute best thing in fitness. And it is, it's objectively the best thing in fitness. I challenge any other fitness franchise out there to demonstrate what they can do the way that we can with the case studies on our YouTube channel. If you don't believe me, type in starting strength, go to our YouTube channel, look at how we regularly reverse type two diabetes. We regularly reverse osteoporosis. We help old ladies that have suffered from falls and have really bad arthritis. We help old dogs that, uh, that guys like you and me with bad backs. Uh, we help skinny guys become big and strong and more confident and more capable. We do stuff that nobody else can do. So that's, that's where the idea came from. Um, it was an extraordinarily stressful process to build this company because we're, I'm not just trying to build a business to make a bunch of money. 
I'm trying to build a business to as accurately as possible, bring Mark Ripito's vision to life. And the, the starting strength book is called the blue book. And so when people come into our gyms, they say, it is like the blue book come to life. And Ripito is a very precise guy and, and has extremely high standards. And the onus was on me to respect his legacy and to build a gym franchise to the level of quality that he would approve of. And I believe we've done that. And so we just opened our 18th gym last Monday and uh, we've got 20 or so pending construction. And basically with this multi-tiered business model, we have to, we have to make the business case so compelling that entrepreneurs are willing to spend a couple hundred grand to take a bet on opening a franchise gym in their city, which we've done. We have to make the coaching job so compelling that people that love helping others wanna to come to our gyms, get our credential, and then get paid like engineers instead of like personal trainers because we call ourselves engineers of human health and performance. And then of course, we can do both of those things and still fail. We have to communicate to the public that strength is actually what you want. It's the way that you structurally change your body. All of the other fitness concepts out there are offering you metabolic changes, which is good. It's better than being sedentary, but metabolic changes are temporary. And guess what? When you train for strength, you also get the metabolic change. So I don't know how we've gotten to 2023 and the general public doesn't know how to make your, themselves stronger, but here we are and we have the insight. It's not complicated. Um, it is specific and it is technical, but it's not complicated. And we've made it so that you don't have to know any of the stuff that I had to learn. All you have to do is show up to the gym and listen to what your coach tells you what to do and we guarantee results for every single member, every single time. Everything is tracked in your digital logbook that we created and you can just see a graph, you know? You said to me, Carl, that you're six foot four, 200. At six foot four, I think you look pretty cool at 260. Um, and I think you might enjoy your life too, a little more than you do now. And the problem though is that you don't know until you're there, um, but I could make you 260 in 12 to 18 months with a 500 pound deadlift coming from let's say 185 or wherever you'd be today. And uh, I suspect you'd write me a thank you card. So <laughs> this is what we do, this is what we offer. I love my job. Um, I'm extremely grateful to be where I am. And, uh, and I, 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 I literally would rather be, I, I literally would, would rather be doing nothing else than this. This is exactly where I wanna be and what I wanna be doing. Well, that was the most emotions I've ever felt in a intro to somebody. So congrats on capturing me and I'm sure everyone listening, um, I'm beyond excited for you know the world to hear the next one. How can people get involved with starting strength gym? It depends on what you wanna do. So for our members, we are, we are not exclusive. We are for everybody. I don't care if you're 16, we have a 98 year old member. Um, I just did a case study video on our YouTube channel with a 91-year-old member. I don't care who you are, I don't care how old you are, you are a human machine and you, are, um, you work within the confines of physiology and we have learned how to optimize adult human physiology. So if you come to our gyms, we will make you better. Um, in terms of our coaches, we are exclusive. We are exclusive to people who, can I cuss on your podcast? Hell yeah, you okay, can. Okay, all right. We are exclusive to people that are not full of shit, okay? 
Because when you go to 24 Hour Fitness or LA Fitness and you talk to your personal trainer, he will tell you things that he does not know are true, but sound good and will keep you coming back. And you believe it. And you believe it. Well, if you're, yeah, if you're not wise enough to pick up on the bullshit, yeah. So if you are an honest person and you genuinely get joy out of helping other people succeed, then you are eligible to become a coach at one of our gyms, provided you're good at interacting with people and provided you know how to learn and put in the work to get our credential. Because our credential is no joke. This is not like the rest of the fitness industry where you go to a weekend seminar and you take a multiple choice test and all of a sudden you're a coach. To become a starting strength coach, it takes six to nine months if you treat it like a college class. And then you gotta go down to Wichita Falls, Texas, and Ripito's gonna evaluate you on the platform. And if you can't coach like one of the starting strength coaches in our gyms, you will not be passed. But we have an apprentice program. So if you wanna learn to become a coach, you start as an apprentice, because this is, again, this is an engineering job. This isn't some fluffy bullshit rep counting job from 24 Hour Fitness. So if those things apply to you, you can become a coach. And then as far as ownership is concerned, we are more exclusive because the franchise business is suffers from all of the problems that, that other businesses suffer from all around the world, which is people are losing sight of purpose. They are just out there trying to make a buck. And if you're just out there trying to make a buck, stay away from us, stay away from us. Yes, you can make money as a starting strength gym owner. Plenty of them make great money. Lots of them are expanding. Most of our gym owners want to open additional gyms. Your motivation has to be primarily that you want to bring this to other people. And you can't tell me you want to bring this to other people if you haven't done it yourself. <laughs> so we, uh, we only sell franchises to people that have done the program and are absolutely fired up about what it's done for them and are, cannot wait to bring it to more people in their communities. That is the, the main qualifier. Then, of course, you have to be easy to work with and get along with because when my phone rings, um, I want to be excited to talk to somebody, not like, oh, shit, this guy again, right? <laughs> and you have to have the capital, and you have to be willing to follow instructions and hungry to learn, and you have to know how to lead people, and you have to know how to deliver an awesome experience to the members. Um, there are a bunch of requirements, and I wrote an article on this. If you want to go to startingstrength.com, look at my author page. I, I wrote an article called Gym Owner Prerequisites. So it's a multi-tiered business model, um, and the level of exclusivity increases based on what level of involvement you want to have in the business. So members, coaches, franchise owners, all three need to be the right people, and it needs to be the right structure and the right community values and vibe for this thing to thrive the way that it has and continue to grow with that with the right uh, purpose and and meaning behind it. Incredible. Um, right. How can be, what, what's the website? What's the best way to get connected with you? I've begrudgingly joined Instagram. So, uh, <laughs> it makes I've, one of us. yeah, I've, I've, I've volunteered for the, uh, for the surveillance, but I'm, I'm doing a bunch of marketing now. We just hired a president to run the company so I can focus on, uh, on generating demand and bringing the message to more people. Um, so within that, I have to be on social media. My Instagram handle is at Ray S S gyms. That's probably the best way to contact me directly. I've got Twitter as well, Ray G water. And then, um, startingstrength.com is the website for Ripito's business where he built this, this educational company with a bunch of material, the books, the articles, everything in between. And that's where you can find my author page and the content that I've contributed. I encourage you to check out the YouTube channel. We get 
depending on the month, around a million views a month. We've got about a quarter million subscribers. I do a bi-weekly podcast. I do weekly tips on how to uh, perform better in the gym. Um, and then, of course, the Starting Strength Gyms website, startingstrengthgyms.com or ssgyms.com, both work. From there, you can find out more information on how to become a coach, how to join one of the gyms in person or online. You can get coached by one of our coaches anywhere in the world. Um, or if you want to apply to become a franchise owner, you can do it from that site as well. Thank you for that. Switching gears a little bit into local business hacks itself, obviously being a, a, a global global man in, in tech and now, you know, the, what I would like to call living a, a quite fulfilled life, empowering other people to, you know, fulfill things that they didn't even know possible, like me at 260. Oh my yeah, God, buddy. is that exciting? Let's make you a case study. Um, Your last name I'm is in. Case. No, no, I'm, I'm in 100%. <laughs> if, if, you know, uh, our listeners know that I'm a, uh, that I've, I've bashed Orange Theory enough on, on the podcast as to what my body has done as if I wanted to look like a pencil, you know, it's the, it's the place. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm in. So switching gears a little bit into local business hacks, you know, I imagine that not only is your toolkit growing every day with, with hacks and opportunities, like for those listening, Ray just gave me a great toolkit or a tool right, right before this, that I have a sunburn and I could take a hundred thousand of uh, vitamin D and, and watch what happens. I'm psyched. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, some stories that drove home some of these hacks for you. The theme is think big and go for it. It sounds kind of cheesy, but you know, we created a billion dollar business in Indonesia for Blackberry, um, a country that most people don't even know where, uh, where it is on a map at our head headquarters in, in Canada became the number one market in the world for Blackberry in terms of overall volume, revenue, growth, and everything in between. So that was pretty bold to decide that we were going to put that much money and effort into Indonesia. And we saw the demand signals and we went for it. And I had an amazing mentor at that company. And he told me something very simple that stuck with me, which is he's an Australian he goes, Hey mate, sometimes you got to bet on yourself. And once you prove to yourself that you're capable, which by the way, you should do start placing some bets, start placing some bets. So once I left BlackBerry, my goal was my, my goal. I've, I've had a 20 year goal in mind that I finally accomplished become an entrepreneur and live the lifestyle that I want to live, which is where I'm at right now. But when I left BlackBerry, I, uh, I started a tech company and then, um, when the tech company, so, so it didn't go as well as I wanted it to, we missed a round of funding and, uh, I basically had to, to, um, essentially wind the thing down and automate it and make it what we call a lifestyle business. So during that time, I was trying to figure out what to do next. And um, I decided to open a gym as a passion project. Fast forward to where I decided to start franchising. I contacted Mark Ripito, the author of the book. And th this, is, this is the example that I'll refer to as far as my piece of advice is concerned. Go for it, right? So why not? Why not contact Mark Ripito? Um, he seems like a gruff guy. He seems kind of... Uh, uh, you know, difficult to convince of anything. He seems like the kind of guy that would easily blow you off and, and uh, curse your name. <laughs> and and that, that's true in a lot of ways, but he's also really bright. So, um, you know, I just needed to have the balls to, to say hello and to bring him a great idea. And when I brought him the idea, I alluded to it. I, I set up the problem in an email. And then I asked him, can I come to you in person and explain what I think we should do about this? And he said, yes. And then just to fuck with me, when I got there, he goes, I don't know why we couldn't have just done this over the phone. 
<laughs> but he was, uh, you know, constantly testing me and messing with me. Um, but the, the point is, I decided to contact Mark Ripito, get to know him, understand his needs, understand what his goals are, and try to present something to him that, uh, that he'd be excited about. And then not only was he willing to license me his brand, which he, I mean, it's his life's work, he also became a partner in the company. He's a, he's a co-owner of the company, the first time he's done something like that in a business arrangement. So had it just been like, oh, you know, Rip doesn't want to talk to me, or what am I going to say to Rip, or, you know, you got, you got to have the confidence, you got to go for it. But don't, don't put confidence above competence. <laughs> Build your competence first. Make sure you can actually deliver. It's okay if you can write a, a check that you're not sure if you can cash, as long as you've cashed those checks in the past. Um, if you're gonna do your first one, do it, do it at your own risk. Don't put other people at risk if you're, uh, when you're learning for the first time. That's, that's my other piece of advice. I like that, because you'll, you'll need those people once you do figure it out. That's right, yeah. Um, Ray, I, I wanna ask about you know, one more hack in regards to employees and hiring, I, I, I'm a firm believer that you've got, you know, a, a couple awesome ones, seeing as, you know, you guys have a very unique process, let alone in starting strength. Um, you mind shedding some light on that? Your job as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, is to attract great people around your cause and to rally the troops. So how should you hire? Should you go find person A that has skill B? Well, no, no, you shouldn't. You can hire based on skill and you can hire based on will. If you've got the option to choose the consummate expert who doesn't know anything about your brand and could go get his paycheck anywhere versus someone who is an absolute diehard, would do anything to be a part of what you're trying to build but still needs to learn some things or get some more experience, I'll take the latter category all day because the latter category will be fired up, we'll put in the work, and we'll get it done. So when it comes to hiring people, the interview questions and understanding their experience and background is important, especially if it's a specific technical role with a specific set of experience. But what's more important is, as always, as always, guys, this is, I know we're in the internet age and everything's so disconnected, is the human connection. The human connection is the most important thing. A working relationship is a relationship. Don't make it transactional. The people in my company are, in some cases, literally my family. And in other cases, we may not share the same blood, but I, I think of them as my family and I've made them a partner in my business. So hire as slowly as you can. Get to know these people. You know, you're not gonna engage to your wife um, a, a week after you meet her, right? Spend time with her. Don't do a couple hours of interviews and then make a decision that I'm gonna spend more time with this person than my spouse, hire slowly, spend time with them, go out with them, fly out, have them flying to see you. You might think that's expensive. What's more expensive is, is making the wrong hire. And then fire quickly. So if uh, if someone is is great and makes it seem like they've got the, the right values and then you, you find out that they're low integrity or they're dishonest or they're lazy or they're all about image and they're not about actually delivering, they'd be great somewhere else but just not here at my company. But I, I know what I'm looking for. I have defined values. And in fact, if you wanna read about our values, go to startingstrength.com and go to my author page, Ray Gillenwater, and look at the values of starting strength gyms. So when, when I'm looking at people, I'm just trying to decide, 
are these people that share my values? Are they focused on things that matter? Are they clear headed? Do they understand the nature of reality, which in 2023 is a real question to ask. Um, so that's my advice, hire slowly, fire quickly. Thank you. I, uh, I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Just because you know, we've been given some some tips on the podcast, like, you know, awarding a franchise, and, and maybe this will help you. But People when franchisors look to award a new franchise to uh, or another one to them, we got a tip recently of, of a brand that has 2000 locations across the globe. And they when he came in and started awarding new franchises, it was only to franchisees that could tell this guy every single staff member and the family that of their staff members names. And at that point, you knew that the culture and he could guarantee that any franchisee that had that information was a top performing franchisee for the simple sake of knowing who his team was. And, you know, I think that the term slow to hire and quick to fire is definitely valid. Um, and, you know, people show their true colors and, and sometimes it's not what you expected. Um, another great tip that we've been given is you know, hire what you can't teach and that some of the greatest employees have come from burger flippers or cashiers at other restaurants. And now they're in the fitness space and just having that overall attitude. I mean, I think that you and I both agree that when we know somebody's got it, they got it. And when they don't, they don't. But what are some of the, the tips or things that you personally look for in, in starting strength gyms to that? That's like that little hook. If they have this, I know that that's them. Or not, I guess I would say. It's a good question. I think uh, when it comes to franchise owners, I'm interested in the person's ability to perform an analysis. I don't care if we come to the same conclusion. I just wanna make sure you can think for yourself because the last couple of years has proven to me that I believe the majority of people get spoon-fed narratives, believe those narratives to be true, and then repeat the narratives. If you're that type of person, stay away from me. I don't want you anywhere near my business. So I want to know how you think, and I'm going to talk to you about complicated matters that I've thought deeply about, and I want your perspective. And again, it's okay if we don't come to the same conclusion, but I want to see what assumptions you make. I want to see what assumptions you don't make. I want to see how self-aware you are, and I want to see how you distill information. And that is illuminating. I love that. I can only imagine during that process, you know, as somebody feels comfortable to ask questions, what questions are they even okay with? And that goes with the assumptions part. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. And let me give you one more for, um, for our coaches. I'm interested in how well do you connect with other people? When, when I, when, when you greeted me and we said, hello, did I feel good? Right? Cause when people are spending 90 minutes in our gym three days a week, They'd rather be with family, they'd rather be doing a bunch of other stuff, but they know that that time investment is worthwhile and they know the work they're gonna put in is gonna benefit them in their lives. And this is why, especially our older lady clients, they don't quit and they make this the they make this their lives, right? But if on top of that, you're surrounded by like-minded people that can think for themselves, and then on top of that, the coach guiding you through the process makes you feel good and is supportive and gives you what you need on the emotional side, that's a pretty great experience. So that's what I'm looking for when it comes to coaches. And I don't hire coaches myself, but we have a recruiting arm of our business and we help franchisees hire coaches. And then lastly, when it comes to, um, to members, 
we're not for everybody. We can help anyone, but we are not for everybody because you have to be able to afford our membership. Um, and we are the opposite. We are the opposite of the rest of the fitness industry. When you sign up for our gym, you get a dedicated rack with a coach that's ready to coach you on Monday at whatever, 4.45 p.m. If you're not there, there's a hole in the class. Someone's missing. And then you're paying me, but I can't help you. And there might be a waiting list on that class, someone wanting to train that's actually gonna show up. So especially for our gyms that are full with waiting lists, we're interviewing the member too. How committed to you are this? Uh, are, are, how, how committed to this are you, rather? Um, are you gonna show up? Are you gonna put in the work? Are you going to be coachable? Are you going to be coachable? That's, a, that's an interesting question. Because when you yeah. come to, I, I coach at the gym here in Boise, and if you come to one of my sessions, I'm going to tell you what to do. Because that's what you're paying me for. And if you don't like being corrected, if you don't like being told what to do, not only is that a serious personality flaw, but I can't help you. So um, I think I think picking your customers and filtering people out just just solves a bunch of headaches in advance. If if anybody else is halfway as, as excited as I am to get into this program, I mean, woo! I'm I'm proud of you, Ray. This Thanks, is man. this is really exciting. Hell yeah! Uh, I. 260, baby. You look like a monster. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. My nickname in okay, Muay Thai so is Big Jew, but one. you'll be you'll be bigger Jew. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I I got th this question I've been asking recently, and I, I think it's I think it's incredible. So let's just get it out. If you were to have dinner with a historical figure from the past, and feel free to say another one that's current if you'd like. Um, who would it be? And, and, you know, what are you talking about? I, I'm a big fan of Elon. I think, uh, I think when it comes to work ethic, raw intelligence, creativity, and perceived honesty and integrity, I don't give him full credit because I don't know him, but if he's, uh, if he's full of shit, he's, he's done a great job of tricking me. Um, when it comes to all those things, and, and also an understanding of what's happening in the world and the most important big picture dynamics and, and what to expect in the future and how we can try to shape the future to everyone's benefit, that'd be a fascinating conversation. I would love to talk to him. Yeah, and I think also back to, you know, what you and I definitely are about, especially in our culture, is, you know, empowering the right people to, to make decisions and to, to be that boss and to handle those things. And you do that every day with your franchisees and your members and your trainers. Let's talk about um, that for a minute Elon. because I just hired Please. a new president. So when he schedules a call with the team, it's his call. And sometimes people come to me looking for a decision and I go, that's not my decision. He's the president of the company. And even when I was running the company, I'd have someone on my team, um, anyone in the organization come to me asking me about something that's not my specific domain, something that has an owner for that specific domain on the leadership team. And I, I don't dare undermine my leaders. It's, it is their responsibility, it's their decision. If I make decisions for them, then I'm letting them know that I don't trust them, and there's no way they can take full ownership. So I give, I give extreme ownership and authority to the people that work with me. That's awesome. Do you mind talking about you know, the process of thinking that you needed to hire a president to how did you start to find the right person to you know, committing to the role? If you wanna be successful in business, you need to treat your job like a professional athlete. 
you know, um, the sports analogies are kind of uh, overdone, but an interesting one is the difference between Kobe and, uh, and Jordan. So Jordan had more raw athletic talent and just a disgusting work ethic. I mean, so competitive, it's almost, uh, it's hard to get along with, right? Um, he had a 44-inch vertical. He could jump from the free throw line and dunk. Kobe was not as gifted. He had a 38 or a 39-inch vertical, but his work ethic was sick. It was sick. So there's a baseline of intelligence you need to have to be a good businessman or an entrepreneur. But the number of people in that category is exponentially larger than the number of people that have a 39 or a 44 inch vertical jump, okay? So all you have to do is have a sick work ethic. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be disgusting. Like you, you, you need to make other people uncomfortable. So if you learn how to work hard, it is a learned skill, it's not an inborn trait. If you learn how to put in 12 plus hour days, six days a week, and then spend your seventh day doing the life hygiene stuff. By the way, if that doesn't sound appealing to you or you don't want to do that, you're going to live an ordinary life. It's as simple as that. You know, there, there, are, there are no shortcuts. You just got to put in the work. I've been working at this level for 20 years, for 20 years. Um, and I just had a, I just, <laughs> so that's a long career. And that is a stressful career. And uh, it's not the most healthy thing to have that much cortisol coursing through your veins all day. Because it's not just the quantity of work, it's the quality of work. When I'm working, I work intensely and furiously. And um, that's not sustainable forever. I need to find not true work-life balance, but some semblance of work-life balance. And this is a bootstrap company. We're not, we're not venture capital backed or private equity backed. It, everything's DIY. The camera that I'm talking to is the camera that I bought and the camera that I used to record our case studies and the camera that I used to record our podcasts. We, we built the studio ourselves. We're not some big company that can just throw money at stuff. So we have to do everything ourselves. So what does that mean when it comes to operating the company, trying to manage the team and trying to set us up for future growth and, and having the headspace to think about where, where are we going and how do we get there? Well, what it means is I have to keep up that pace um, and I, I just, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, because I just had a daughter, just had a daughter three months ago. And, uh, I, I am the type that will ignore everyone and everything to accomplish an objective. And, um, I can't behave that way towards my daughter. So I knew this well in advance. And I planned about two years before her birth to work towards, uh, uh creating a job for me that was less time sensitive, less urgent, more creative. And to quiet the noise, because this phone never stops. It's all day, every day. Text messages, phone calls, emails, Slack messages, social media, it is absolutely nonstop. Just managing my inbound communication is damn near a full-time job. So um, I hired a president because number one, I actually don't like running companies. I just don't like doing it. I like creating things. So I created the company. I don't need to be the operations guy. I don't have operational expertise in my background. I've run companies before, but I'll tell you, I love building the Indonesia business to a billion dollars in 18 months, a whole hell of a lot more than I enjoyed managing the Australia business, which was kind of uh, DOA and our, our, our products were not there to create an environment where I could do much with it. I found a guy, he's the one that owns our Cincinnati gym. Him and I are hanging out at a, re at a retreat and I'm talking to him about operations. 
and he's an ops pro and he loves it. And I'm thinking at the back of my head, man, this guy'd make a good president someday. And it turns out after getting to know him, spending a lot of time, taking my time, he's now part of my family. I treat him like he's my blood and I trust him with my baby. This company is my baby. And he is, uh, he's tremendously competent and I have, I have 100% trust in him and he has, he has delighted and impressed me every step of the way. What's this gentleman's name? Luke Schroeder. Congrats, Luke. You're a, you're a part of a, a revolution here. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, Luke's the um, Ray, I gotta ask, when you were thinking about the role of president, was it always something that you were thinking would come from, you know, inside of the starting strength gyms, you know, circle, or was it potential to look out or did Luke just like hit it on the head and you didn't have to do any of the thought? It's okay if the person was going to come from somewhere outside, but they wouldn't become president until we brought them in and I could see who they were and what they valued and how trustworthy they were and how competent they were and how furiously they worked and how likable they are to other people and how well they can work with different types of people. Cause man, we have some characters in this business, some real <laughs> characters. Um, they're amazing, awesome people, but just all over the spectrum in terms of hard asses, gruff, um, you know, emotional, uh, you name it, but amazing people. And you need to be a Swiss army knife. You need to be able to work with all of them. I, uh, I, I, I happily support some, most of the largest brands in fitness globally. And I would agree immensely with that statement. <laughs> it, is, it is forever entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. We have some egos in this business for sure, which by the way, you better have an ego. If you don't believe in yourself and you don't think you're the shit, you are whatever you believe. Um, the thing is, though, in polite society, others don't like seeing how highly you think of yourself. So you've got to you've got to be tactful about it. But build some self belief. And if you don't have enough self belief, go get under the bar and get your deadlift to four hundred and five pounds, and then see how that changes. When we talk about books, are you are you a reader or a podcaster? I like. Uh, I like reading more than I like listening to podcasts, but I find that podcasts are easier to consume lately. Okay, so I'm gonna, I, this is gonna be a twofold question. Um, top, top books currently and top podcasts currently. The best book that you could read for business is a book called Execution by a guy, a guy named Larry Bossidy. If you wanna learn how leaders behave and think big and think about scale and think about people and think about hiring. You need to go read execution. You need to read it cover to cover. You need to read it twice. Um, I, it, it was mandatory reading for my team at Blackberry and, uh, and Luke read it too, because it's relevant to him. The other top book is starting strength. And if you're ever over 40, then it's the barbell prescription by Ripito and Dr. Sullivan. Um, we're, we live in a digital age. We spend all of our times looking at screens and cameras. The more you reconnect with your physical existence, the more fulfilled you will be. It's as simple as that. And strength is the most important physical attribute. And if you improve your strength, you will reconnect with, with more joy and more capability with your physical world. And you'll live a better life because of it. And if you ignore your physical existence, you will pay the price. Maybe not now, but I might be seeing you on the back of the ambulance someday, and I'd rather not. I'd rather you stay out of the nursing home. And it's hard to think about when you're 20, 30, 40, but man, life is short. Just the other day, I, I was a teenager, and all of a sudden, I'm almost 40. So 
Um, and I've, I've had, I've, I've, I've run the gamut of health as far as having, being in poor health and thinking that shit, I might die. Like I, for a while there, I was like, I might, I might starve to death. Like I can hardly eat. Right. Um, to, to being strong, capable and feeling great. So do not take your health for granted. And the most important thing you can do for your health and capabilities is to get stronger. So read one of those books. Awesome. And then as far as, you know, favorite podcasts you're currently listening to, you got me. The podcast that makes me laugh the most is Mark Ripito's podcast. No shit. He is, he is hilarious. They, they do not make men like him anymore. He is, uh, he is an old school archetypal Texas badass and he is fucking hilarious. Listen to that podcast. I, a lot of my friends that don't even lift weights, listen to the podcast. Um, that's a self-serving answer. So I'll also tell you my other podcast just on a personal basis. I don't want to listen to business stuff, man. You know, I sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I just, I just want to zone out and listen to a good conversation and think same thing with books. I love fiction. Uh, Lex Friedman. He he's, if, if there's one critique I could have of the guy, he's maybe a bit, um, rose tinted glasses and a bit naive, but I'd rather have that than, uh, than the other end of the spectrum. And the guy's really smart. He's objective. He's dispassionate. He touches topics you're not supposed to touch. He does so with uh, with grace and objectivity. And uh, he's a phenomenal interviewer. He asks really good questions. So if you're a smart, curious person, you should be listening to Lex Friedman. You know, yeah, let's go with this. one. What would be a negative and a positive character trait that most of your team would have to say about you? I'm emotional. <laughs> the same thing. Um, I think compared so so that's a negative and a positive. For, fortunately, the way that I present myself and and the way that I've managed to to manage my emotions has it so that I can be fairly polished, even in an extremely intense environment which by the way is why I became a fighter, just so I could learn how to manage emotions at a high level. Um, and it's why I got into public speaking because uh, I'm a passionate guy. And when things are overwhelming, you'd better not become overwhelmed because then you can't execute. So um, yeah, that, that might be the criticism. I'll have to ask them that question. I'm curious what they might say. And I'd love the feedback, by the way. And I regularly ask people um, what, what, uh, am I missing anything? Cause I'm a public figure now, which I'd prefer not to be, but somebody has to promote this company. Um, but you know, it, how am I presenting myself to the world? Am I making mistakes? And I get feedback and sometimes it's hard to hear, but, but I, I get to improve as a result of that feedback. So, so I always uh, seek it. And then on the positive side, I mean, I, I'm fueled by passion. So, um, people want to come along for the ride. They want to, they want to be part of the joy. They want, they, they, they can see that the way I feel about this business and about the life that I've built for myself and the, the life that I'm helping other people's build, uh, the life that I'm helping other people build is genuine. And uh, they can see that, that I genuinely enjoy helping other people succeed. And they know that if they're a part of my family, um, whether it's direct or indirect, that they will benefit, their lives will be improved because of it. And this applies to the thousand plus members in our gyms, plus the ones we have online. This applies to our coaching community, this applies to our franchise owners, and it applies to the franchisor team. So I think uh, I think me being emotional is, is both a positive and a negative. And keep in mind, I believe all personality traits are like that. 
And, and this is why the people that I'm close to, sometimes a question comes up just for the th- sake of a thought experiment, like if you could change anything about me, what would it be? Well, nothing. Because whatever negative trait you have, there's a positive side of that too. And the butterfly effect is real. I don't want to make a change over here and then mess up a bunch of stuff over here, which by the way, is something the US government needs to keep in mind. But, um, uh, but, but that's a sidetrack. So, so yeah, I'm, um, I, I, I want to know exactly who people are and I want to accept them for exactly who they are. And then I want to help them thrive. I don't want to change anybody. We have way more similarities than I would have thought beginning this podcast, which is uber exciting. I'm excited to be uh, in the, in the two, 260 club, but um, Ray, from myself and our listeners all over the world and, and the Refriser team today in 12 countries, thank you for you know coming on and, and doing what you're doing because it's pretty exciting and um, I'm excited for my whole family to take advantage of you know the hard work that you and, and Ripito and everyone at the Starting Strength Gyms has, has put in. Um, congrats. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate you having me on the show today and good questions.